This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for December 9, 2012. The Gospel is taken from the book of Luke, chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. The message is by Father Ron Baird. Second Sunday in Advent, and as I mentioned, uh, each week we light another candle as the days uh, get shorter and darkness begins to become pervasive. And um, last week we lit the first candle, and each candle, as I mentioned, has a theme for the week. Last week the theme was hope, the hope of the coming of the King, both um, in his first incarnation at Christmas time, which we'll remember in a few weeks, um, but also the second coming of the King, the second coming of Christ when he comes to uh, judge the living and the dead and to set up his kingdom uh, for all eternity. Today we come to the second of, of those themes. The second candle's theme is preparation. If we have a hope of life in a kingdom where there is no sighing or, or crying, where there is no tears, where there is no evil, no sin, then we do what people normally do when things are coming, and that's that we prepare. What are ways that you prepare for Christmas? Shop? A lot of people doing that. I thought I'd never get down Players Parkway yesterday. Cookies? Cookies are good. I like cookies. Hmm? Put up lights, decorate. Hmm? Clean and make up beds, yes. Get ready for all the visitors and guests that you're going to have. You know, we do all sorts of preparation, don't we, to get ready. We wrap presents. The kids want you all to remember that one. Um, wrap presents. You know, we do all sorts of things. We, we decorate a tree. You know, somehow or other, we end up with these bushes in our house all of a sudden. But we do things to prepare, to get ready for it. What would it be like if you didn't prepare? If you did no preparation whatsoever and Christmas morning came? Yeah, it'd be kind of a letdown, wouldn't it? You have this big buildup as though there's something big coming and then nothing. It wouldn't be very good. We've gotten pretty good at preparing for the coming of Christ at Christmas, but we still have to look at how do we do it in terms of preparing for the coming of Christ as King in His second coming, as King of kings and Lord of lords, as the one who rules over heaven and earth. You know, we oftentimes... Don't think about preparing for that one. And yet, in some ways, it's even more important than the first, isn't it? Because it's an eternal kingdom, one that never ends. One in which those who aren't ready won't even be allowed in. You remember the story of the, 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 the ten wise virgins and the ten foolish virgins with the lamps? Some of them have enough oil for their lamps to be on and the other ones don't. You know, it's a similar kind of story. So we have to ask ourselves, how do we prepare for the coming of the king in, in his second incarnation, in his second coming, in his coming in glory? What do we need to do? Well, first of all, we, we can take a, a, a word from Isaiah, who John the Baptist is also quoting in today's gospel lesson, and we can prepare the way of the Lord. We can make straight in the highway, a, in the desert, a highway for our God. You know, people know that because of Handel's Messiah, but, but 
you know, I don't think he's just talking about the desert as a place. I think he's also talking about the desert that is our life filled with brokenness and sin. You know, how do we clear a direct path for God? You know, it's, it's make a straight path for the Lord. That's because the, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. What do we need to do to prepare our lives so that Christ can come into our life as king? Well, you have to prepare a highway. Now, when they want to build a highway, what do they do? They knock things down. They clear things out, right? So that's the first step in preparation is get rid of the clutter in your life. Get rid of the spiritual clutter in your life. Most all of us have it. You know, those things that are stumbling blocks, those things that get in the way of our prayer time, of our Bible, you know, reading time, of our, you know, devotional time, of our serving time, all those things that if we had more time we would like to get to someday. And then there are those things in our life that are sins. You know, I'm not talking about the easy ones that you can just not do. I'm talking about the ones that, you know, sort of own you. This might surprise all of you, but for me, it's food. I'm sure that was a shock, but, um, you know, I have this thing that ice cream calls me from the freezer. Run, run, come eat me. Am I the only one here who has that problem? I said, all right, I was going to say, gee. I... You know, the sins that, that we don't care about, those are easy to get rid of, aren't they? Just go, like, you know, like smoking, for instance. I, I've given up smoking. <laughs> I never started smoking, so it was easy to give up. I mean, it wasn't a problem at all. And it's always easy to look at other people's sins and say, you shouldn't be doing that. But those sins that own us are a lot harder, aren't they? And so one of the things we can do to prepare, though, just like we clean up the clutter in our house, you know, to get ready for guests at Christmas, we need to also work on cleaning up the clutter in our spiritual lives to get rid of the things that might impede the progress of Jesus to truly be our king and to rule in our life. Because as we clear out those things, we want him to get us here as soon as possible so that he can truly be king of kings and lord of lords, not just of, of other people, but of us. That's the second thing that we need to do. We need to see things in a different way. The Greek word for it is metanoia. Um, you hear it referred to as repentance, translated as repentance a lot. But what it really means is to see things from a different perspective. No longer see things the way the world sees them, but to see them the way that God sees them. Because, see, all too often what happens is, is that I like the idea of Jesus being the ruler of everything, particularly if he's going to straighten you out. It gets harder when I think of him straightening me out. You know, the idea of a benevolent God ruling over your life always seems like a real good idea. When I start thinking about what that would mean for me, you know, that's gone from preaching to meddling. And we have to ask ourselves, though, are we prepared for Jesus to be our king? Do we see things from a new way? Let me give you an example. If you go to a restaurant, you have a server who waits on you at the table. What, what do you expect from that server? Hmm? Good service? 
I mean, how would you like it if the servant said, you know, hi, I'm your servant today. Um, I'll be around. If you need me, uh, you can find me somewhere over there. That'd be annoying, wouldn't it? Have you ever tried to get a, a server's attention and you're like, and somehow or they always manage to turn the exact opposite way <laughs> when you do that? Just, I mean, it can drive you crazy. And yet spiritually, don't we do that an awful lot with God? We sort of expect that, well, if God wants me to do something or wants me, then, then he knows where I am. You know, he, he should come to me. You know, he, he, he'll let me know. But we wouldn't like it if we were being served that way in a restaurant. And yet all too often, it's exactly the way we treat God. What is it like if a server does a good job? Well, that's the reward, but I mean, what, what, what's, what does it look like if they're doing a good job? Yeah. If your coffee cup's emptying, you don't have to flag them down or you need a you know, refill on your soft drink. You don't have to flag them down or track them down. They, they just, it just shows up. And that requires effort on their part, doesn't it? They have to have a different mindset that their job is to actually pay attention to what you're doing and how you're doing to be able to do it well. Because if they aren't paying attention, how would they know? You know, it's a problem in some restaurants, too, that they, they give servers too many tables to wait on. Have you ever tried to pay attention to 12 tables? Um, that would be hard. But, but that's really the goal, isn't it? That they would, could pay so much attention that you never have need of anything your needs are actually anticipated. They they watch and see how you're eating, you know, whether you're eating quickly or whether you're in a hurry, whether you're, you know, just enjoying a leisurely evening, and, and they actually pay attention and get to know you. Well, that's what this repentance, this metanoia, this changing of our perspective is all about. It's about not expecting God that if he needs something from us, he'll let us know, but rather that we pay attention we try to watch for him in his presence. We seek the, the presence of the king in our life. You know, Brother Lawrence, who was a monk, called it practicing the presence of God. It's, it's an awareness that God is always with us. And that might shock you sometimes. There might be times you just assume he wasn't there. But the truth is, is that God is always with us. It's just that all too often we're like the server that turns their back on him. And so it, it takes effort, doesn't it, to, to pay attention and to be aware of God's presence in our life. But even if you were you know, putting this effort in and paying attention, then it requires more than that. For one thing, you'd have to recognize him. And that means that we have to practice this. We have to spend time in prayer listening for his voice. We have to read the scriptures to see how it is that he has spoken and operated in other people's lives. So we have some kind of sense of who he is and how he does things and what his values are and what his expectations and needs are. You know, we need to talk with other Christians who are doing the same thing to say, tell me, how do you hear Jesus? And how do you know it's Jesus? Because for all you know, the God that you're listening to is yourself. And all too often we listen entirely too much to ourselves or to other people, other false gods in our life. 
And so we have to work at it. You know, do you think people become great servers overnight? Yeah, they apply for the first job and suddenly they're wonderful servers. They do everything great. They have to practice. It's the same for us. But even if you have changed your mindset, if you've removed the obstacles and you've changed your mindset and you look for these things, there's still one final step that you have to do in preparation. And that is you have to be willing to submit. You have to let Jesus be the king. And you can't let anyone else be king. You can't let your boss at work be king. You can't let your wife be king or your husband. You can't let your kids be king or your parents. You can't let your teacher be king. You know, Jesus doesn't share his throne. He's either the king of all or not. And that choice is the one nice thing about it is we get to choose. Do we want to live in that kingdom? Or would we prefer not to? Now, you might say, well, who wouldn't want to? Well, Satan wouldn't want to. You know, Satan's purported to have said, I'd rather rule in hell than serve in heaven. And I wonder sometimes, are we passively doing the same thing? Because, see, you can be very demonstrative and active in your defiance and rebellion and opposition, or you can be very passive. You know, if you've ever had anybody who was passive-aggressive you know that you've talked to, you know what I mean. You know, it's like no matter what you say to them, it, they, it's like you get nothing. I mean, you get nowhere. It's still not very pleasant, but it's just another way of asserting themselves. And so we have to decide, are we going to let Jesus be the king? You know, because there are lots of people that want to be king in your life. Governments want to be king. Heck, churches want to be king. Priests want to be king. As I always tell people, don't listen to me unless what you hear from me happens to come from Jesus. Because if you do what I tell you to do instead of what Jesus tells you to do, it won't work very well. I know I've had lots of practice. It messes things up all the time. Let Jesus be the Lord of your life. Let him direct and guide your steps. Because if you let him do that, then this hope that we lit last week can become a reality in your life. It can be something that is real. Because the truth is, is that if you want to live in the kingdom of God, that place where evil and sin don't exist anymore, that means your evil and your sin too. And it means my evil and my sin too. What kind of God would we have if he let selfish people live in the kingdom? You know, would you want you know, the kingdom of God, heaven, to be exactly like the world is today? That would be loads of fun for eternity, wouldn't it? But we can't just look at other people and say they ought to be doing it. Because the truth is we have very little control over what other people do. But we have control over what we do. And we can choose to serve the Lord. And so as you go through your week this week, I want you to pick up this theme of preparation and ask yourself, what am I doing to prepare myself for the kingdom of God? What am I doing to prepare my life to let Jesus rule over me? What am I doing to practice his presence and to anticipate his call and his need? 
so that I can be a part of that kingdom. Because the truth is, is we have the same choice that Satan had. We don't have to live in his kingdom forever. We can ignore it or we can run away from it. But the result will be the same, which is death without end. It's not what God would want for us. You see, the real goal for God is for us to allow him to be the Lord of our life because then he can enable us, empower us, if you will, equip us to live the full, meaningful, joyful, abundant lives that he created us to live. But if we're too busy not listening and trying to figure it out ourselves, then we're left to our own devices and we choose whether or not we want to live in heaven forever or hell. You know, Jesus will allow us to go down that path because he loves us too much to force us to do anything. But it doesn't make him happy. You know, he's not, you know, saying, oh, well, who cares? It, it breaks his heart. You don't hang on a cross and die a gruesome death because you don't care. He cares immensely, but he wants us to want it also because he doesn't want to be the tyrant of our life. He wants to be the Lord of love himself. And so if you want to live in that kingdom, if you want Christmas and, and the second coming to be about more than just, you know, tinsel and shiny lights and nice presents, if you want the, the real joy of Christmas, which is love that has come down and become incarnate on the earth itself, love that is willing to rule over everything if we would just let it, then begin to make straight in the desert of your life a highway for God. Clear the clutter. You know, practice His presence. See things from a new perspective. Make the effort and be willing to say yes to the call. Because in that is life. And no matter what anybody tells you, anything short of that is death. It may be a pleasant death. You know, it may be lots of fun. But it's still death. Did you know that if you overdose on heroin, you'll thoroughly enjoy it? Isn't that weird? You'll just feel great. Then you'll be dead. Is it worth it? No. What good does it do us to have momentary joy and sacrifice eternal, abundant life? It only breaks us and destroys us. God wouldn't want that for anyone. The choice is ours. We choose. I choose. So this week as you go forth into your life, ask yourself, am I willing to prepare? Am I willing to grasp the hope that has been promised to me of life abundant forever? And am I willing to make straight in the, high, in the desert of my life a highway for the Lord Jesus that I might know the real joy of Christmas? Amen. You are just listening to Come and See. Come and See is a production of St. Andrew's Anglican Church in Lewis Center, Ohio. 
St. Andrews is also available online at www.standrewspolaris.org. Please join us again when we invite you to come and see.